When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, Sandman here. This is a video that I've wanted to put together for some time now. And the reason I've been putting it off is because I've been trying to get as many perspectives as possible. And I want to share what Jewish men think about Jewish women, and why it's hard for people in this cultural background to break free of their women. I was recently messaged by Richard. He's a Jewish man going his own way. And I asked him if he could share some of his stories, and this is basically what Richard has to say. Hi Sandman, absolutely you can share any story that I tell you, as long as it's anonymous. Many Jewish girls will basically ride the Gentile cock carousel, but they'll never settle down with a non-Jewish guy. This is mainly to do because of the idea that Jews are a minority, and that if they started to marry Gentiles, they would eventually go extinct. So Reformed Jews would basically be more likely to marry Gentiles, but it's a small number. Now on Orthodox Jews, it's a lot harder. Say 99.9% .9 of the time, they won't marry outside of Judaism. And most of the time, they won't marry anyone outside of the Orthodox community. So in a nutshell, Jews will only marry Jews, mainly because of their history. Most Canadian and American Jews are pretty wimpy. And I don't actually know exactly why Israeli Jews are the total opposite. Israeli Jews are more like, hold my gun while I go and take a piss. American and Western Jews are more like this. I can do your banking and accounting for you. And usually when these Jew manginas immigrate to Israel, they have a hard time fitting in from what I've been told. I haven't been over there, but I keep hearing a lot of chatter from many of my friends. And they say that Israeli girls are as tough as nails, and that they typically walk all over these wimpy North American guys. I'm unique because my family hasn't practiced Judaism in over a hundred years, but we've always been involved in the Jewish community but I still maintain my Sephardic Jew identity and still want to go to Israel and protect the country from ISIS and other terrorist threats. Well, that's what Richard has to say. For my own observations of many Jewish couples here in Canada, they still hold true to family values from the 1950s and 1960s, and they still believe in using traditionalism as a way to protect their cultural identity. And this goes for the most part in North America, Europe, as well as Israel. In the past, I would have seen this as a positive thing, but now I can see the tremendous pressure put on Jewish men to become beta male providers. It's also a culture where if you want to be a beta male provider, as a man, it's actually encouraged, and you can become one if you choose. But that doesn't mean that you won't have it but that doesn't mean you won't have it tough as nails on but that doesn't mean that women but that doesn't mean that your female partners won't be tough as nails on you emotionally. I believe that it's very difficult for a Jewish man to tough it out and become a man going his own way. And that's because he's been surrounded by other men in his family as well as friends that are also beta male providers. And if you want to stay part of that social circle that you're accustomed to your entire life, then you'll basically fall into line. And as a Jewish man or woman, your mother will do whatever she can to make sure it happens. Richard also mentions that many Jewish men in North America can be classified as wimpy. And often this can be the case where their wives are in charge of the family. I've also met some stronger Jewish guys that stand up to their wives. But as we all know, constantly battling your wife takes its emotional toll on a man. Richard initially contacted me after seeing my video called Vagina Cookies, and this is also what Richard has to say. 
I was a MGTOW before, and I just didn't know it. And yet I spent my time in the US military and saw good men destroyed by women. I remember one incident in Afghanistan where a woman sent her husband cookies, and of course he ate them. And next came the tape of her fucking the guy, and having the guy she was fucking come on that particular batch of cookies. We were so distraught by what she did in that video that we had the bright idea of mailing it back to her in-laws, and it succeeded. That same deployment, a girl on the base had $200,000 confiscated after commanders found out that she had acquired that money, charging soldiers and airmen for blowjobs. I got more of these types of stories as well. Sounds like she used the down-to-earth gag so that she could lure unsuspecting men to their doom by getting with her. I love scoring in the sack just like any other guy, but it just gets as old without the emotional connection. You know what, Sandman? I'm free to do whatever I wanted, but at the same time I've never gotten over the prospect of never finding a decent girl. Again, that's what Richard has to say. I can only hope that Richard goes back to Israel and continues to stay a MGTOW. I'm worried for him because, like he mentioned, if he goes after those tough-as-nail Israeli girls, then there's a great chance that sh they will basically walk all over him if he's an American. Having that knowledge, however, will surely help him date an Israeli, if he wants to. But he should be careful nonetheless. Women in Israel also get military training, and can literally be trained killers. As a non-Jewish man myself, when I analyze these Israeli women, I think of them like Spartan women in ancient Greece and they would scare the hell out of me even if I was Jewish. I also have personal stories I'd like to share. One of my good friends, Mark, went to York University, a college up here in Toronto, Canada, about 10 years ago. He's Italian, but he could easily pass for being Jewish. At least that's what many people have told him, including myself. While he was in college, he started dating a Jewish girl, and a few weeks later they went to an event where there were many people speaking Hebrew. She wondered why he didn't understand what was going on, and he then told her that he wasn't Jewish. Then she literally turned her back on him and never spoke to him again. Essentially, it was like he didn't exist at all. The reason I believe we see so many Jewish feminists out there is because many Jewish women in North America want to challenge men. Many of the Jewish women that I've spoken to about this tell me that they aren't attracted to Jewish men, but they're still pressured to pursue them because it's socially accepted for them to do so, as well as marry them. And they hate the fact that Jewish men are pushovers, yet traditionalism enforces the idea that they should still go out and date them. Richard also mentioned that many Jewish women ride the Gentile cock carousel before they find a nice Jewish man to settle down with. I once knew another Italian man that was in a relationship with a Jewish woman for many years. He was willing to marry her, and she was basically willing to marry him, as long as he was willing to convert over to Judaism. For that, he would have had to be circumcised, which he wasn't willing to do, so he decided to end the relationship with her. Judaism appears to be matriarchal to many people because the faith and the background flows through the woman. It's accepted to a certain extent for a male outside the faith to marry a woman of Jewish background. However, it seems that the mitochondrial DNA dictates the order of things. I'm also sure it's a lot easier to keep track of someone's lineage based on their mother than their father. That's yet another reason why I think that this matriarchal system in Judaism happens. Sometimes I also wonder about the idea of Ethiopian Jews. Here's an image of an Egyptian temple called Abu Simbel, with Jewish slaves on it, during the height of the power of the ancient Egyptian world. If anyone wants to enlighten me about this particular image, I would love to hear what you have to say. But now I'd also like to move on to the topic of why there seem to be so many Jewish women as feminists out there. I believe it has a lot to do with Jewish women seeking out a challenge by trying to provoke an alpha male to challenge them. 
If you live in a culture where being a beta male provider is accepted and encouraged, then alpha males are usually in short supply. Or many men simply give up on trying to become alpha males, because it's easier just to become a beta. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that women are happy with this. So I know many Jewish guys that are worked to the bone by their wives to make up for the fact that some of them won't stand up to these women. With regards to Jewish women leading the charge for feminism, it's no coincidence as many of them are highly educated New Yorkers in the United States. And they have tons of free time to think about female issues and pursue change. We have to understand that it's mostly reform women that are pushing for feminism. The Orthodox Jewish women are too busy taking care of their large families and children. From the 1850s onwards, the temperance movement in the United States had many women trying to stop men from drinking in bars. Do you really think that these early feminists were influenced by Jewish feminists? It was the ample free time that they had thanks to industrialization that saved them the labor that allowed them to have the time to attack traditional male and female roles. So why wouldn't we assume that Jewish women in the late 19th and early 20th century were bored to death in New York and they would basically try to figure out a way to get female votes and temperance through? There's even an article called, Why Are There So Many Jewish Feminists? And I'm putting a link to that article in the description below. The article is from the Jewish Daily Forward, and here's a line from this particular article. Back in the 17th century, Gluckin and Hamlin was a mother of 14 who ran a factory and expanded her husband's business internationally after his death. In the 19th century and beyond, the wives of Talmudic soldiers ran businesses to support their families while their husbands studied. The notion of an indolent Jewish princess lounging around on pillows in her jeans while eating bonbons and contemplating her upcoming rhinoplasty is a relatively new one. We've always been working women. That's what the Jewish Daily Forward has to say on this issue. It connects the high number of Jewish feminists with the fact that Jewish women have been hard workers, trying to make it in a man's world, so therefore feminism was a tool used to help them gain a business advantage over their competitors. This article also sort of predicts the rise of women against feminism, because it says that Generation Y women are going back to family values. But this article was written back in 2005, and although this observation might have been accurate back then, it doesn't seem to be that way today. From my own personal experience with Jewish businesswomen, they don't tend to take no for an answer, and go out and seek what they want. But if anyone out there wants to enlighten me more about this issue, as well as Jewish feminism, then by all means please do so. But also remember that I've kept my analysis on this topic as unbiased as possible. And if you're going to post anything below, please respect that fact and do the same. I don't want to see any foul language or hate speech of any kind, or I'll block your comments. This is a controversial topic to some, and needs to be seen in a rational light, without people's personal prejudice being brought into the fold. Anyways, thanks again to Richard for his statements, and thank you everyone for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.